Perfect. Welcome to The Music Reel. I'm Nicola Burton, your host. Today I have Katie Edmiston from the Creative Arts Alliance. Katie, it is a pleasure to talk to you today. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going okay. <laughs> Managing like everybody else and um, good to I feel hear. like I'm, I'm getting good at juggling and hustling constantly at the moment. That's what we do. That's, but that's the whole arts. It's being creative in times of great challenge, isn't it? <laughs> now, look, the Creative Arts Alliance, just, I just want to introduce it a little bit. It's a leading arts industry body. Now, you strengthen the creative and the cultural centres across regional Queensland, and you do that in partnership with six councils. So, Gympie, Noosa, Sunshine Coast, Moreton Bay, Redlands and Somerset, those that's six. correct. Yeah, that's uh, a little that's part. An incredible amount of work that you do. Um, and also, what I wanted to um, say to you was thank you for what you did in lockdown. You put together this most incise and comprehensive resource list so that when everything was going crazy, people could go to your website and they could see funding application opportunities and professional development. It was brilliant. So, thank you for that. Yeah, it was hard to know. I mean, I think um, I'm a bit of a doer. Um, and um, I like to pride myself on, I think anyone who's worked in festivals or events or anything like that, um, I think we're quite good in a crisis, but I'm also quite a, you know, somebody that goes, okay, this is the issue we need to solve. Let's get it done. Um, yeah. And so I think that I just felt so helpless um, to be able to do anything real um, to affect, you know, the massive kind of impact that was being had by not only our artists, but communities more broadly. Um, yeah. And all I could think, but what I kept seeing was just all of these opportunities and kind of information and conflicting information. I was like, there was so much content um, coming out um, and I just needed to try and make sense of it for myself firstly. And then when actually there's a need for someone to do this, no one is doing that. Um, so yeah, it has been a journey keeping that list updated. Um, but we've, you know, it's such a simple thing to do, but we have received some really great feedback. So thank you for that. Well, look, it's been, I think, such a great, you know, I was going there every day. What else is available? Because I think it helped people that had a bit of a focus and gave them a bit of a purpose. It was quite a confusing time. So that's kudos to you guys. And the second thing, how did lockdown actually impact the projects that you were trying to deliver? What happened with you guys? Yeah, it really did. I mean, um, we are a really small organisation. So um, uh, for the majority of lockdown, I've actually been the only full-time employee of our oh, org. Um, we have um, some part-time staff um, that um, had been with us and then um, had finished up by their own choice, not anything to do with COVID, but to move on to something else. Um, and then we had to kind of recruit someone new during COVID period. So um, it's been a time. Um, but I I guess our main concern or my main concern was that we had a whole range of projects that were due to occur um, that just could not go ahead because of COVID. So events, uh, festivals were meant to deliver, uh, mentorship programs that were meant to happen in, in you know, uh, throughout the whole year. Um, and essentially, because all of those artists or facilitated, creative facilitators were contractors to us, they would, um, it meant that all of them would lose work. None of them would be eligible under JobKeeper. Mm -hmm. um, with us um, anyway. And so um, we moved very quickly to try and salvage and refocus our programs. Um, and there is a blessing and a curse with being a tiny organisation and the ability just to be, I mean, ultimately I just went, okay, well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so 
um, you know, um, whereas I know for others, it can take time. There's a whole bunch of people trying to shift the focus can be more yeah. difficult. I was really fortunate to have um, some great council partners who have been um, really very flexible with what we had said we were going to deliver and what they've allowed us to deliver instead. And that's meant that we've saved about 80 to 90% of the contracts we had in place for artists um, in our region. Well done, because that's no easy feat. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. And it's hard to, it's hard. Sometimes it feels like it's not enough because they are still small, you know, funds, you know, in some cases it might be a couple of thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, you know, for a project. Um, But I certainly know as someone who has worked in the industry myself as an independent practitioner up until um, I took this role on a year and a half ago, that those chunks of money are actually crucial um, and that um, so many people were losing jobs at that point and we didn't want to add to that um so and secondly for us i think we have an obligation not only to our artists but to our communities that we had um said we were going to deliver these types of activities and had built this um you know been working so hard to build those connections with local people and places that if we just kind of stopped that those connections um i feared those connections would be severed and so we wanted to um keep providing some kind of engagement, some kind of access to the arts and culture, some kind of access to our artists so that people could continue to have a connection with us and with their practice and with their communities during the time. This is what I love about the story is that there's so many men and women behind the scenes that no one knows about. And it's like it takes a whole village of people like you that create these events to happen in the first place, create these opportunities. Um, That's why I'm just loving talking to people like you and hearing these stories, because I think the more people understand the mechanism behind the whole structure, then they can appreciate what it actually takes to get a show out there. Um, I wanted to talk to you about funding because obviously, you know, there's been a lot of money lost. So what Q Music estimated, I think it was $325 million initially lost in April. I'd say it's a hell of a lot more than that. Um, and so most of the artists that we work with, they fund themselves. They, if they are doing their original project, they go and they'll do some cover shows in order to fund it. They have no idea about how to apply for a grant. So this is a completely new beast for them. So mm. what tips would you have for artists that have never applied for funding before? What are the key things they should actually prepare for in that respect? Um, I think there's a few things for me. One is um, be concise. Actually, you're better to provide a small project or a stage of a project rather than giving people the whole story, you know. So um, you can kind of tell people the story, but I always think particularly if you're untested in some ways or you haven't had funding before or if this is a new type of thing that you're doing, um, Mm -hmm. I certainly think... um, just you know give them give them a really good application for something that's very clear okay um so that's part one i would also think about it like um i always think it's like writing it you can write in dot points that's the other thing so as someone who's worked like you don't have to write in an essay form so as someone who has assessed grants and run funding programs and also written a bunch of grants Use the dot points, have your headings, who, what, where, when, why, like really just think about it in a basic way. Um, And actually, as long as you've communicated those things in a succinct way um, and a clear way, you know, then that actually is helpful. Um, I would say take note of um, what you're saying you're going to do. So make it achievable. There's a lot of... um, 
great ideas and I think sometimes we as um, artists and creatives mate I've had some really great ideas but they were not viable in any way shape or form yeah and so I I think um, you know think about what is actually achievable in the time frames and the money that you've asked for and it's okay to pay yourself and you should be paying yourself don't um, you know give away a whole bunch of time for free or suggest that you can do something for nothing because that actually indicates that you don't have a sense of the true value of the project and makes your project seem less less viable in terms of its ability to succeed right that's really good advice so Mm. can you talk to me about the um so the project you're working on at the moment so what it's club create rpac live and then so many and then you've got like a music mentorship because look artists don't know about these opportunities so i'd really love you to talk about that and tell them what it's about and then how they can possibly get involved Absolutely. So we um, we really are very responsive to the needs of the councils and communities that we work in. And so that's why when you look at our program, it can look a little bit um, all over the place from, um, you know, product development um, work with uh, producing cultural tourism products with visual artists at the Sunshine Coast through to children's holiday workshops at Caboolture, right? So it's very diverse. Um, But we have a number of key priorities, I suppose, that we work across in our region. Um, First Nations arts and culture has been a very strong regional priority for us. And we have a number of key programs that have worked to assist um, and work with and also support First Nations artists to lead their own projects and activities with our support. Music has been a major priority across the region. And as you've mentioned, we've got a couple of current initiatives open at the moment for artists to be involved in. The first is artists and musicians from, or musicians or bands from Redlands. We're doing a a great project um, with the Redlands Performing Arts Centre called RPAC Live, which is really about um, starting to reactivate that centre and bringing live music back to the stage. The first couple of gigs will be live streamed, um, but we're hoping as restrictions ease, that council is keen to, you know, fingers crossed, thanks Victoria, um, council (laughs) is keen to to, um, bring um, small numbers of audiences into the building as well. So we might kind of do some interesting combinations of people sitting in very social distance ways and live streaming also. So there's an opportunity for bands and musicians um, from the Redlands area to apply currently as part of that program. The second music program we've got running currently is Plug In, which is our mentorship program. Now, previously right. we've run that in person um, and with COVID, we really wanted to consider um, how to do that in a different way. And what's been kind of interesting about that is that normally we've run that po- program just in one place. Um, and so with anything, there's a bit of a blessing and a curse. Moving things online has meant that we can now offer this as a region-wide program for emerging musicians right. up up to uh, up, up to 25 years old. Um, and so um, it means that we can support a much wider region of of musicians um, and really kind of find those those artists who are ready to kind of move to that next level in their practice. Um, I'm really excited about Plugin. I think it's one of, um, it's a really exciting model and essentially the young artists get access to small group industry workshops. We've got some fantastic speakers coming on board, festivals, venues, um, producers, um, major peak bodies coming to have small group sessions with our artists to give them direct feedback about their, their 
um, how to get the gig, um, specific feedback on writing their own bio and actually working with them to do that um, and their press kit. Um, and then we've got mentorships with creative musicians and, um, art, you know, those kind of uh, as part of songwriting, lyric writing, vocal training, instrument development, and stagecraft and performance. So young people will go through a series of mentorship mentors um, uh, tailored to them. So we're really looking to match, you know, if you're a hip hop nice. artist, you get to work with a hip hop artist. If you're a folk artist, you get to work with a folk artist. So we're bringing together a range of mentors from across the entire region who are working as professional musicians and who will be supporting um, aspiring and emerging musicians in that kind of younger cohort through this process. So it would be fair to say that there are some opportunities that we now have as a result of the lockdowns, because if you can continue to do, you know, run digital mentorships, like you say, it actually expands your capacity. That's beautiful. And I think there's something interesting too about the, um, as a young person or even just as a, a regional artist, I think it can be hard. many, many of us are working in um, multiple, you know, multiple projects. There's not a lot of full-time work. Um, yeah. People are, as you were saying, gigging, doing multiple kind of things. And mm -hmm. you kind of often have a sense of who your sector is at a local level. But as yeah. an independent artist, it's very difficult to start building your network into the town over the town over the town over. And so yeah. what is kind of interesting about this digital model, which we hadn't, um, it, you know, which we can now offer in a different way is that we're starting to build a network for those emerging practitioners with artists, so professional artists and industry and also other peers across that broader Southeast Queensland network. Um, and that's exciting for me because when the book, you know, when we kind of get to a stage where we're talking about touring again, all of a sudden um, those young artists have an opportunity to say, hey, actually, I met that venue person in Gympie um, and I can, when I'm heading up for a coast, a gig at the coast maybe I can also have a chat with them about that or actually I'm heading down to Redlands I live at the Sunshine Coast I'm heading down to Redlands for a gig oh there was those there was that band down at Redlands that I did work with perhaps I'd like to play with us perhaps they can be our um, you know our intro band you know like so I think there is an opportunity to build the network around our musicians through this project which maybe so, we wouldn't have been able to realize as well previously. So you're building local community pods that can leverage a variety of projects. Very intelligent. Yeah. Mm, I love I it. So, so um, and you mentioned a, club create. I don't know if I've yes. got time to give that a yeah, little plug. I, I really want to hear about that. That one I thought was quite good. Tell me all about it. Yeah. So look, it's a similar model, I suppose, to plug in, but focus for visual artists um, in that um, kind of emerging age group. Um, and so again, uh, visual artists um, uh, attend a series of small group um, industry workshops. So we've got curators, galleries, um, collections offices, um, uh, public arts um, programmers coming to kind of give advice about careers or how you get into this space or how you work with it. What does it mean to be a curator? Because I think um, often mm. as young people, um, we know we have a sense of the arts. I, I myself was a performer and I was like, oh, I knew that that was, that was the thing that I kind of knew how to do. I didn't know there were jobs like the one I have or jobs I've had where you were paid to curate or program or produce. <laughs> like I didn't know that was a thing, right? And so I think by um, creating this, and actually I think although I'm like, probably was a fairly decent performer. Um, I also think I'm much better at this bit of doing that, pulling people together and making the stuff happen. Um, and I love that work. And I imagine that there are a whole bunch of other young people, you know, we really want to grow 
careers, not only as artists, but careers in the arts as industry leaders. So I think this program also supports that aspect. So mm. we have, um, you know, them talking about that kind of career pathways and various other parts of the arts. And then similarly to plug in, they then have a series of workshops with key visual arts practitioners who are teaching them and sharing skills around a range of activities. Love so they're it. going to do um, printmaking and portraits and um, what's some of the other cool ones? I don't know, I can't remember. Oh, um, uh, community, like a community arts type project um, and Sienna type, which is this awesome thing where you um, create a print basically using the sun and the weird ink. I can't figure it out oh. anyway. People are way smarter than me. And um, <laughs> And then they'll have an exhibition at the end of that process. So, um, wow. yeah, so really looking forward to that project. And that one specifically at this stage is just for Moreton Bay um, young people um, okay. and being supported through the Moreton Bay Council um, who have been a fantastic partner and collaborator on a range of projects um, that we're doing. It actually gives us great optimism for the future of this industry, doesn't it? And I like what you said, how you are a performer but you've almost, you've leveraged and transferred your skills as a creative into working behind the scenes because you know as a performer, everything that can go wrong can go wrong. Yeah. So that equips you in a way to deal with a behind the scenes gig more than anyone else. Yeah, well, I often say to my partner, I'm not sure that my acting, my three-year acting degree was very useful. And she's like, everything you do is a show, you know, like everything. Exactly. Like exactly. The way you tell the story, you're bringing people on board, you know, um, yes. the way you communicate, she was like, it's all part of it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think that's true too. We've got skills we don't even know that we have sometimes, I think. And they're completely transferable to other yeah. industries. At a time when our industries are looking like a bit shaky, you know that if you have experience in arts, creative and music industries, you can pretty much do anything. Well, absolutely. And in right. fact, a few years ago, I was teaching at um, QUT um, and um, there was a whole bunch of research coming out about um, companies looking for people with arts degrees as part of a kind of suite of things that they were doing yeah. because creative thinking and creative thinkers mm -hmm. are actually what is required. People do want um, that initiative that artists have, that ability to see a problem and try to come up with something, a solution, or the way in which we kind of view the world in different ways, I think. Um, and I would, I would suggest that many artists have that capacity within them. Um, and that's a skill I think that we under, undersell sometimes about ourselves in other types of work that we might do. Absolutely. And as we emerge into this more of a technologically focused society, when technology goes wrong, you can only survive if you have that incredibly creative out of the box type thinking. So we're certainly um, moving into a very different time post COVID. And I feel like our art sector is in good hands with the work that you're doing with Creative Arts Alliance. Oh, so Katie, kind. thank you thank so you. much for talking to me and for adding your voice to this conversation. It's so important to hear about these initiatives and anyone out there who wants to know more, I'll have all of the links to all of these programs so you can contact Katie and get involved, particularly, I think, plug in. That sounds like a really yeah. good one. So Katie, Absolutely. thanks for your time today. It was great to meet you and I hope we can catch up again soon. I love that. Thank you so much for having us and supporting our programs. You're very welcome. Thanks, Katie.